Welcome to the Peace and Purpose Podcast. This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It should not be considered medical, nutritional, psychological, or any other form of advice. If you need specific advice, please consult a professional. Hello, hello. Welcome back, listeners. Corbin and I indeed have another special guest joining us today. Um, it is my friend, Amanda Scheich. I'm going to give a brief introduction here, and then I'll hand it over to Corbin. So Amanda is originally from Indiana. She went to college in Tennessee at Johnson University, double majored in Bible and theology and media communications, and played varsity basketball. Uh, She worked at the University of Tennessee her senior year with the SEC Network and ESPN. Um, And then she she was brought in as a uh, production assistant for a year, creating and shooting creative content. She got a full-time job uh, at a Power 5 in the Big Ten, traveled volleyball, softball, and track to shoot and create content. After a year, she got promoted to assistant director of digital media and then moved to Colgate University, where she was the associate director of media communications and creative services. Um, She helped run the communications department and was in charge of all creative content and broadcast. And after a little bit over a year there, she had moved to be... Um, the director of video and production in Elon University Athletics here in North Carolina. And she also has a blessing of a dog named Jack. And um, they love to hike and camp and do anything outdoors. Um, So, so excited to have Amanda today. Uh, Corbin, I'm going to hand it over to you. Amanda, what is up, girl? Hello, hello. Happy to be here. Never been on a podcast. And, you know, just out here living my best life. Yeah, so I've got a secret for you guys. So here, here's my secret. Uh, we actually recorded 10 minutes of podcast just a second no. ago. So No, it was, it, was, it was about 20. So I just wanted to let you know that Amanda is a liar just to start it off right with her first time being on a podcast if you count that first take. So first two takes. All right, well, now that I've been thrown under the bus, I'm just going to go ahead and leave. Yeah, we we have a, a nice stock of buses coming through a lot of the time. Anyway, I just wanted to start us off with a nice question. The question is, Amanda, you know, there's a lot of things that happen in people's lives, and there are these big events that shape us as people. And I was curious if you could tell us about any of those in your life. Yeah, absolutely. I'd have to, you know, go through a couple different scenarios because, you know, life is, I think, a process and there's not just one moment that makes you who you are. But if I could uh, choose just a few, I would start with when I was in high school, I was a runner and I ended up having a lot of leg problems and having to give it up. And that was very difficult for me at the time. And it really pushed my perspectives and pushed me to look at what my focus was on look at you know what was my drive what was my why Um, and then the second one would be later in high school and into college I had a best friend who was pretty mean she's manipulative and abusive and so working through that and learning relationships and just learning essentially not to let people walk all over you but it's a hard line of being kind and trying to do what God wants you to do and you know pushing back on people and that was a very difficult lesson for me and really shaped me and who I am and how I operate with people and then the third and final that I would probably say is once I got out into the into the real world as they say you know and got a job 
um, it, it can be very it can be very difficult and in a lot of ways I think sometimes you get culture shock and I think that was the case for me is I always saw the best in people and I always thought because I do the right thing and because I always try you know to do my best that other people would do the same and that turned out not to be the case and in a lot of ways polar opposite I had some um, different scenarios where some people started lying and doing some things um, specifically to me and against my job and you know made things very difficult and just maneuvering through that and learning how to still pursue God in those things and figure out you know where am I meant to be what am I supposed to do you know when life when life gets that way so I think those would be the three major major events that have made me who I am today. I think that is a super interesting point about the level of assertiveness we should have within the Christian lens because you know if it's if it's an emulating Christ thing you know I mean there's the one verse about you know turn the other cheek you know but at the same time how, how do we gauge the level of assertiveness that we need in the world because it seems that that line as opposed to being a broad application would be something that would be situationally based so I just find that super interesting, and and I'm sorry about all that 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 happened. But I guess at the same time, you know, it's it's one of those blessings. So I'm pretty happy for it, I guess, in some ways as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it reminds me of, you know, the song, "God makes beautiful things out of us and out of dust." And I think that is so true. You know, the best things have come out of the worst things for me and in the moment it does not feel that way and I can sit there and tell myself that but it does not take away the pain or the suckiness of the situation but that's so true you know we can look back and be thankful that we went through those hard circumstances but I think even further that God brought us out of those circumstances yeah I mean it sounds to me like you had one point that was centered around your identity and maybe gave you some insight about how we should orient ourselves in the world and how we should think about ourselves. And then the second point seems to be a lot of teaching about relationships and how we should be and how we should interact with other people. And the third one, you said, even could revolve around purpose, if I if I heard that correctly, in, in regards to how you're being treated in the workplace. So I think that's a lot of great insight. So I think one thing that I really admire with this is how you've bounced back from this. Um kind of knowing you to some extent it's very impressive to see the woman you've become today especially with all the things that you've been through to be able to bounce back and look at life so positively um, I know this might be relative to some of our listeners going through tough times could you kind of walk us through maybe one two even all the situations or if there's a specific time of the feelings that you were going through during those tough times when it you didn't see the other side of the hopefulness and the happiness later in the future yeah absolutely um i guess i'll just go through all three because i think all three hit different different emotions and different things in me and and so starting in high school you know my identity I think was in running a lot more than I realized and not like I was trying to but I think that happens to a lot of people especially you know growing up you find things you're good at and that's what you find yourself in that's how you find your friends that's how you do all of those things and so I think for me it was a huge moment of I no longer could run I so I no longer had an outlet so I had to figure out how 
to deal with life and emotions um, without my outlet. And I had to figure out, you know, I lost a lot of friends because especially in high school, middle school, you know, so on. I think people are drawn to people that are like popular in a sense, the people that have something that they can get out of it. And because I was really good at running and I was, you know, everybody told me I was going to be the first um, girl to make it to stay and do all these things. And um, so I believe that and I felt that like, that was true. And so I think that only played into my identity issues. But then when you it gets taken away, then people leave also. So then, you know, I lost running, but then I lost friends. And I think it's just this feeling of, I don't even know, like it's almost like a, I guess like a hopelessness to be honest with you because it's this moment where like I am very blessed I grew up in a wonderful family I always went to church Um, my family is very godly and so I always had that foundation and I'm extremely thankful for that Um, but I think even with that you know you have to learn to put God first and I think that is the lesson you have to learn the hard way and so for me um, I learned that by losing what I was really good at because it forced me to look at myself. It forced me, okay, well, now you don't have this one thing that was who you are, so what do you do? How do you come back from that? And to be really honest with you, I didn't come back from it very well. Um, You know, we couldn't figure out what was wrong, and so I just kind of dealt with it for a while and acted like it wasn't happening, and then track season came around, and it got worse, and so we went to a couple of doctors, and nobody could figure it out. We went to physical therapists, nobody could figure it out, um, and we ended up going. One of my mom's really good friends is a chiropractor, and she also, I don't know what you would probably call it, but she also like did things with like supplements, and so I went there, and she did. We would go weekly, and she did Graston, which is a horrible, painful process. Um, at least it was for me. It's essentially like a deep tissue massage, but with metal tools, and it sounds lovely, and people are like, oh, that's so nice. No, no, no. It was not nice. Um, it hurt really bad. I would cry. Um, but anyway, and so then we also did um, like a like a test, like, you know, I don't even can't even think of a question. But like it was like essentially a test that would found out what deficiencies I had essentially. So then I was on a bunch of supplements. So I took um, 14 pills every morning, 13 pills every night um, for like six months. And I think that just played into this hopelessness um, that I was already feeling from not having running because all of a sudden now it's like not only do I have all this pain that nobody knows what's going on, but it messes with you mentally to be like, I don't know, like 13-ish and have to be on more medicine than most elderly people. And like I can joke about it now and I'll make jokes about it, but in the moment it really messed with my mind. And so I got to the point where I felt like I was so messed up, like that, you know, why would God do this? Why, why would God create me so that I can't even walk without being in pain? And why would he create me so that I can't be like who I thought he wanted me to be essentially? Um, so I guess um, to circle back, I think it just led me into a deep depression, to be honest with you, but like a hopelessness of like, I don't have an identity anymore. I don't know who I'm supposed to be. I don't have anyone to help me figure out who I'm supposed to be. Um, so then I guess moving to the second scenario, um, the feelings that come with that are kind of hard, hard to explain. 
you know, I think when you're in an abusive relationship of any kind, you know, whether it's a significant other, whether it's a friendship, whether it's someone in your family, um, it messes with you in ways that it's really hard to put into words. Um, so I would, it's kind of just like a constant array of, I always say like all the emotions. So it's just like a blur of you're mad, you're sad, you're hurt, you're, you're looking for the next thing, you know, so it's very much, um, the best thing, one of the best things that probably came out of that was learning. It taught me to learn, like pushed me to learn my emotions in the sense of, okay, what are you feeling right now and why, you know, why are you angry? Why are you upset? Why are you sad? And then it came on much, much later in life, but learning to validate emotions, I think is really, really important. And I think for anybody that is struggling with like anything that I've talked about, um, you know, hopelessness or depression or anything, like validating your emotions, like it's okay to feel sad, it's okay to feel depressed, or it's okay to feel hopeless or whatever that feeling is, especially that negative feeling, because everybody has them. And once you can validate, okay, it's all right that I'm really sad and I don't want to get out of my bed and it's all right that I haven't been productive for two weeks because once you tell yourself it's okay you brought a little bit of hope because I think part of the issue is you beat yourself down you know you beat yourself down in the sense that well at least like what I would do is I would get so upset that I was depressed I would get so upset that I couldn't be productive or that I didn't want to do anything which only makes it worse so once I learned to validate it and be like it's okay then you can get up and be like you know what it is okay like it is okay that the only thing I did today was open my refrigerator you know because then you keep making making those steps um I kind of forgot the question to be really honest that's okay that's okay there was some beautiful stuff in there and I had a specific follow-up question you were talking about running and you were saying it served as your outlet and you turned to you had the you were sort of forced to turn to God whenever that outlet was gone can you tell the listeners what exactly you mean by outlet? Yes. What do I mean by outlet? <laughs> um, Not aglet, outlet. Right, right. Aglet is the little tip of your shoelace <laughs> for those of you that don't know what an aglet is. Yeah, she was not able to run after she lost her aglets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I guess in the sense that when any, whenever I had a really bad day, I could go and run and it would be okay because it was like my time to just sort through everything. But it's also, it was an outlet in the sense that it was something that I was really good at. And while I had to work at it, like I had to try, I couldn't just like sit on the couch and then go win a race. Like I worked really hard, but it was something that came fairly naturally and probably to be honest with you, one of the most natural things that I was good at. Um, and so... I think in that sense it was an outlet because I was good at it and it was an outlet because it was like Amanda time like when you're running nobody can talk to you because if they try you can just act like you can't breathe and then they're like oh okay and they leave you alone so it's kind of a win-win for me got it okay so you mean so it's sort of outlet in two senses one in that it gave you time to sort of decompress from the day catch up with yourself it was designated time that was just for you but on a secondary note it was sort of a it was a self-esteem piece it sounds like yes I think my worth was found a lot in running because it was kind of the, I was always a very quiet child you know like you could speak to me and my face would get red like you just embarrassed me to kingdom come so um it was like kind of the first time 
where people were noticing me in a good way and I didn't feel awkward. Um, so it brought a lot of worth to my life, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think that's a good note for the viewers. Build your sense of self and your sense of I'm worth something on something that is more stable than a, t- than a fleeting talent or ability. I think that's really important for you guys to take in off of that. So, cool. Chance, did you have anything you wanted to say? Yeah, I'm jumping ahead here. We might bounce back and forth. You know, it's ADHD. Let's go bounce Um <laughs> I would like you to, so, you know, we talked about more of the downside, the struggles that you went through. Um, listeners, definitely, you know, I don't know if you've been through tough times, but this is a time to see someone who has been so strong, who's relied on Christ, and who is where they're at today because of the events that have shaped them. I keep saying them. It's Amanda. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so could you tell us, Amanda, where you, that change when you started realizing, hey, I do have to lean on Christ. You know, running was my thing. I don't have that now, but I do have Jesus as my hope. Could you tell us when that transition happened, the feelings that came along with that, and kind of walk us through that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is going to be more a story of God pursuing me than than a story of me pursuing God because um, I guess this is about to get really deep, but I, I went into like a serious depression in high school and I was actually um, suicidal and I just remember for like almost a year, every night I would just cry myself to sleep praying that I wouldn't wake up and then I'd wake up and I'd yell at God mad that I'd woken up. And you know, then you go throughout the day, all these scenarios that you could die, you know, all these scenarios, how I could, you know, end my life essentially. Um, and I'm very blessed that, you know, I knew God because in a lot of ways that kept me from doing the things that I thought about. Um, but honestly, I, I got out of those situations. I think part of it is like, I faithfully prayed in a good way. Probably not. I mean, the only thing I prayed was that God would end my life, but I think, I mean, I think that brought me then into a place where I was able to hear God and, and, um, one of my, one of my friends that I grew up with, um, she went to high school at a private school and I went to a public school and she like randomly texted me one day and like, we weren't close anymore. Like some things happen, you know, you have a fallout, whatever. And, um, she texted me that she was going to a Bible study at her basketball coach's house and asked if I wanted to come. And it was a total God moment that I went because normally I would have been like, heck no. Um, but I was like, yeah, sure. And, and I'll never forget. It's funny. I asked my mom, I was like, Hey, can I go with, go with so-and-so to a Bible study? And she said, wait, what? Why do you want to go anywhere with her? And I'm like, yeah, touche. Um, but it was, it was a total God moment. Right. And, and to make a long story short, um, I went into this Bible study and, you know, we sang a few songs and, um, he, he did a message and then we were singing, um, like the final, like wrap up song, if you will. And it was breaking. Um, I don't know by who, but it started, it started playing. And like, you know, that moment when like God's getting at your heart. And then the guy who was speaking, um, my friend's basketball coach ended up essentially saying like, there's somebody here who, you know, has all these walls and I don't remember exactly what he said but it was that moment where it was 100% God was talking to me and I started bawling my eyes out and I'm just like sitting in this room with I didn't know anybody except the girl I came with and we weren't really friends to be honest with you and um and like I'm bawling my eyes out and um afterward you know they asked if they could pray for me so we go in another room and a few people are like praying in for me 
and I'll never forget um she's actually one of my really good friends and she's a mentor and she means the world to me um and I didn't know her I didn't know her at the time but she she kind of steps back from the circle while people are praying and then and then she steps back into the circle and she looks at me and she says I see you and you're surrounded by people but you feel alone and that sounds very simple it is a very simple thing to say a very simple vision if you will but I'd never told anybody that I'd never once told anybody how much I was struggling like nobody knew that I was suicidal I'm sure people could tell I was depressed but like nobody knew how bad it was right and so um and so she said that and it it changed my life and to be really honest with you like that is the pinpoint in which I think God really got a hold of my heart and and um I think quite literally saved my life I think it and it changed the course of my life I ended up changing high schools which was a really good thing for me I think it led me to where I am now and I'm I'm beyond thankful for it and to answer your question Chance I didn't really do anything to deserve that moment I think that is just the beauty of God that he you know that he pursues us no matter what and that he decided that he wanted me despite the fact that to be honest with you I couldn't overcome my depression I couldn't overcome my hopelessness I didn't find my worth without that moment um, but that was the moment where he put then put people in my life to help me move forward and to to grow and help get to where I am. Cool. So so you're saying through that he actually sort of facilitated putting people in your life so that you could recover or or what was the what was the big switch in in that way moving forward? Yeah, I think it was a lot of things. I think one, it was, it was a big moment, like it was literally like a physical moment that like I could look back on knowing that God saved me, and that was really big for me. But it was, um, you know, I I ended up ch- like I said changing high schools. Um, so I I transferred out of the public school in December and transferred into the private school, a private Christian school, um, that January. So it took me out of a bad situation, kind of gave me a new start. Um, which was really big for me you know it was it was almost like I could leave my past in the past kind of thing I could be be who I needed to be Um, and and it brought in a lot of um, Christian people in my life in a sense like older Christian people you know I had some teachers that I could look up to like I had a film class um, that was really big for me that I loved and it was really eye-opening and it gave me like mentors in that aspect and then actually the woman um, that had the vision and like told me she saw me, um, became a really big, a really big person in my life. Um, she was actually at the time the assistant basketball coach. So when I played on the team, um, I, I was around her a lot and we would go hang out and, um, she just really spoke a lot of truth into me. And, you know, like we would, I'll never forget. We went out to a Cincinnati Reds game one, one day. And, um, and after the game, the band Mercy Me was playing and I love that band, and so does she. And um, they played, uh, I think the song is called You're Beautiful. And, like, I just remember crying. And she just looks at me, and it's like she didn't have to say anything. It's like she knew my heart. And just to have somebody like that was really life-changing. And to be honest with you, like, I mean, I owe it all to God, but I'm so thankful that she is a godly woman that allowed God to speak through her because, it. I mean, it changed everything for me. So... First off, I want to say thank you so much for sharing all this. I know I can see that, you know, that's not something easy. That's something that's very personal to you. Um, 
I think that is so valuable to listeners to be able to share what Christ has done for you on the podcast and hopefully motivate others that are going through tough times to see truly the power of Christ. And just to let you know, this woman is smiling all the time, <laughs> laughing all the time. I don't understand how she's ha- so happy sometimes, um, and I admire it, but definitely understand that you could, you know, if you're going through those tough times, you know, with the power of Christ, you can be like Amanda and be so happy. But of course, you know, it wasn't easy, clearly. Um, And like I said, thank you so much for sharing those things. I know that's very personal to you, but I know this will make a tremendous impact on those listening. Um, You know, Corbin, I'm going to I'm going to go out of line here a little bit. I'm going to throw in a question because it's on the top of my head. And I think that we're at a at a peak moment. I do want to go through some other things, ask some other questions. But Amanda, if there's one thing that you could put on a billboard that millions could see, it'd be a phrase that millions could see, what would it be? Well, dang. Shoot, dang. I don't know. Um, No, actually, the first, when you said that, the first thing um, that came to mind is you are worthy. Um, I think for me that encompasses like 99% of the issues and the feelings that I had. You know, no matter what happened, I could always eventually I always got to the point where I didn't feel worthy anymore and I think that's where it boils down for a lot of people you know terrible things happen to us a lot of times that are out of our control and somehow it always becomes like a personal in the way of like we feel like we did something wrong or like you're not worthy or you know you're not good enough um but I'm here to tell you that you are and you are worthy you know God all over the Bible talks about how you know you were he loves you enough that he sent his son to die and and I think sometimes I know for me growing up in a Christian household you always know that like I probably knew that when I before I could talk you know and I'm blessed and I'm thankful for that but I think sometimes it almost minimalizes the gravity of it like the gravity of God sent Jesus and Jesus lived a perfect and blameless life and then he died on a cross for me like and if that doesn't tell me or tell you that you're worthy like you're not thinking about it enough like it's not big enough like that is that's a I don't know that's like big love like that's life changing and I think sometimes we forget that and so at the end of the day like no matter what's happening no matter what you've done no matter how bad you think you screwed up no matter you know if you're so far in a hole in the depths of whatever it is like you are worthy and it will it will eventually be okay yeah i think a lot of people try to they look for worth outside of themselves whether it's something they can do or something that they can make happen in the world and that's what makes them worthy how much money they have how talented they are what it be but i think the more stable thing is to is to ground yourself in ground yourself spiritually and put your worth into that so I think that's so cool. I've been listening and my brain's not churning for questions. <laughs> that's okay. Um, um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head here. I was going to move us this forward is... if, if you're cool with that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Great. So Amanda, I think, I'm assuming Chance had told you this, but the theme for our season is doing bold things, bold and courageous things through faith. And I wanted to ask you, is there anything that you can think of 
that is an example of a time that you chose to do the bold, courageous thing that you just felt called to do even when there was a perceived downside? Yes, I think this segues into point number two from my earlier three points. So um, I, my, my second job, um, I was working in the video department at a Power 5 in athletics. And I'd been there a little over a year, got promoted, um, and then my supervisor left. They brought in a new supervisor. Um, and some things started had started going downhill, and, and I was really struggling with, like, okay, like, they're trying to change my job. I don't, like, nobody really knew those sorts of things. So I had a decision to make, essentially. Am I going to continue to do what I think is best for the department, continue to do what I know needs to be done, or am I going to sit back and just coast, essentially? So I decided, okay, I'm going to push forward. I'm going to, you know, go above and beyond. I'm going to try and do everything that I know needs to be done. And so I did, um, and then my new supervisor that came in, um, for whatever reason, um, she didn't appreciate it. She didn't, I don't know what happened, but she essentially then decided to start lies and manipulating situations and went to the HR department at the university and um, started the process to get me fired. And so essentially... I had 30 days to get my act together, quote unquote, um, or I could be fired and there, there would be like a reviewing process at the end of the 30 days. So again, I had a tough decision, you know, am I going to just, you know, well, really, I think there's three. I could have quit and been like, no, like I'm not doing this. I could have just gotten my paycheck for another month um, and just been like, well, I know what you're saying is not true. It doesn't matter. I could have been mean back. I mean, I could have lied and dug up a lot of things on her that were more true than what she said about me but I chose I was like okay that's fine like if you're gonna lie and be deceitful and try and ruin somebody else's life I'm gonna take the high road in the sense I'm gonna work my butt off and I'm not gonna I'm gonna try and be not only the best that I can be but I'm gonna do as much as I can for everyone essentially and so I did um you know I I did everything that I could think of I mean I went above and beyond um, and then, then the, the end of the 30 days came and she, she told some more lies and wanted, wanted to get me fired. And so we went on, um, with the process, but to, to loop it back to your question, um, it, it, I guess talking about it, it seems like that's an obvious answer. Like, yeah, she should always do your best and you should always be nice. Um, but in the moment when somebody is essentially defacing your character and the person you are in your workplace, um, it is very difficult. And my, work was my friends also like I didn't have friends outside of work that's pretty much where all my friends were and so it pretty much ruined all my friendships because all my friends decided to believe her lies and they decided you know I guess they chose sides and they did not choose my side um so I lost a lot in that moment and um so you know you can I always say you sink or swim right um and for a while I sank I'm not gonna lie but I think I decided I'm like okay I'm not gonna stoop to her level I'm not going to, this sounds bad, but like I knew things about her that could ruin her and I chose not to say them. I chose to just be like, all right, well, now I don't have friends. Now I, you know, I have to find new friends. I have to figure out what I'm going to do with work. I have to, you know, leave what six months ago was my dream job and I thought I'd be there forever. Um, And so 
it was a very difficult situation, but I think one that, you know, with with the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, he gives you the strength to do it. And I say that, and in the moment, um, going through those several months leading up to it and the 30 days and so on, um, it did not always feel like that, but it's the, there's power in words, right? So there's great power in me telling myself, you know, you can do it. God has given you the power. God has given you the grace. God has a plan. You know, those those sorts of things. Well, I think, and there's some obvious bold things that, that were going on there to me. I think with the the boldness to do the right thing there from, from a moral standpoint was super cool with not with not going after her, even though your job was on the line, you knew it. Like, if you would have said something, maybe things would have been different for you. But at the same time, you you had the courage and you had the faith to do it anyway and knew you'd be okay even when you got kicked. So I think that's cool. I, I also wanted to zero in on one thing you said at the beginning of, of, that, uh, of that question. You said that... When the new manager came in, they were doing things differently, and you wanted to keep doing things that the way they were for the good of the department. Could you elaborate just a little bit more on that? Because that sounds bold to me. Yeah, absolutely. So when I first got the job, my first year, I solely did videos. So I would travel around with sports teams. So I traveled with um, volleyball, softball, track and field and I would travel and do like travel videos silly videos um recaps hypes and then like features every once in a while you know if there's a cool story um and and that was my job for the first year and it was awesome and I I loved it and I have so many wonderful experiences from that um but I was actually only an intern so I was a part-time I I worked full-time hours but essentially I was paid like a part-time person um and I would I had a job for three years so after the first year I got promoted and this job was essentially I was going to be a social media manager for a lot of the athletic accounts and then I was also going to primarily make feature films like feature videos like three to four minute videos on student athletes to put out on the main accounts and then like websites send out um, in like emails and different videos for our fundraising groups uh, and things like that and that was like to be my primary job. Um, and I had some other like smaller things that I had to take care of. Like I was an SID for both tennises for a while. Um, so when the new manager came in, she decided that I wasn't going to do any video um, and did not want me to do any video. And that is my passion. That is what I love. That is why I took the job was because telling stories is why I do what I do. I mean, hypes are cool and recaps are cool. You know, and I like the travel day videos and everybody does the same peace sign. You know, it's all fun and games. But, like, at the end of the day, like, I do what I do to share those stories. And she had decided that that shouldn't be a part of my job anymore and was trying to take that away despite the fact that the job was created because there was a deficit in that area because all of the other video people with all the other things you have to do, there's not time to do full in-depth pieces, especially of like the smaller sports, like what we'd call like the Olympic sports. So like essentially outside of the basketballs and football and at this school, probably volleyball is in that. Um, nobody else really gets those stories told because there's just not the resources, the time, the people. And so this job was created um, to help fill, help fill that gap. Wow. 
And that's cool. What sort of stories did, did you work on with the people? Um, well, not very many because I wasn't in the job very long oh, okay. before she came in. Gotcha. Um, but I did one. There was a Russian swimmer on the team at the time, and he came from Russia, didn't speak very much English at all, um, and essentially came over and learned English. And he came from like a, a rough, rough, uh, I don't know, like I guess childhood, for lack of a better way to say it. Um, over in Russia and so just his story and his journey of how he worked hard and how he you know improved himself and got to the point where he was a good enough swimmer that he could come to America which was like his life goal like he wanted to get out of Russia and so just telling telling that story that's brilliant I think the fact that you stood up for that says a lot about your level of faith and your level of courage there because your neck you know you were on the chopping block because of that so I think that's pretty profound and something for our listeners to pay particular attention to. So, Chance, you had something? Yeah, so kind of backtracking slightly, you know, when you had taken that act of boldness, you know, having to push through that month time span, knowing the whole situation, having what we could call leverage, how moving past that you know, weeks, months later, days later, how did you look back, move forward, and how did that shape your faith? Um, that is that is a great question, um, and I wish I had a I had a better answer. And y'all are gonna think I'm a sad, pathetic soul because there's a lot of God saving Amanda and not the other way around. We will not. But um, thank you. You're you're too kind. Um, I actually didn't really deal with it. Um, I was very blessed that God moved me to a different job. So I went to a, another university across the country um, to lead their creative services department. And I was like, this is my out. I'm going to do great things, yada, yada. And then um, some things started happening there. And some people, I mean, essentially one person was like bullying the entire department. And then I came in and I just got added to the list, to be honest with you. Um and so I was actually in the office of one of my, my, my really good friends, um, and I was crying because, you know, I'm a crier, I'm not going to lie. And I'm sitting there crying, and I'm telling her what happened, and I'll never forget, she looked at me, and she said, Amanda, that's not the same as what happened to you at the Power Five. And I was like, what? And she's like, it's not the same thing. You're not going to get fired. You're not going to get in trouble. Like, this is not a you issue. And... It, and, and it was, again, one of those moments where God was God was speaking through her um, because that forced me then to deal with all the things I hadn't dealt with, all the feelings and the things that go along with that, the, all the emotions that I ignored and didn't deal with, as you're asking. And so it actually pushed me. Um, I went to counseling. Um, so I found a good Christian counselor, and I went to counseling for like seven or eight months until I moved here to North Carolina. Um and so I think it was another God moment that pushed me to get the help that I needed. And um, I think that really, one, that could be a courageous moment for me because I'm not good at admitting when I need help. Um, and two, I think going to counseling has a really bad connotation in the church. I think a lot of times, um, and I got, I got told this 
you know, by people in my church growing up, like, well, you're just not praying enough or you're just not reading your Bible enough or, you know, things like that. And I just think that's not always the case. I think praying is good. I think it is important. I think reading your Bible is good and it's important. But I think many, many times, like, there are reasons that you have to do something and you have to take that step. You have to take that leap of faith. You know, I used to always say it's like jumping off the cliff and you don't know if you have a parachute, but you have to trust God that you do. Um, and going to counseling was a really big moment like that for me um, because it had a lot of bad connotations. Like I didn't tell anybody I was going to counseling for a long time because I was embarrassed and I was ashamed. Um, so, But I knew that that's what God was telling me to do. And so I had to trust that going to counseling didn't make me, I don't know, whatever you know people feel about it. Like for me, I felt like it meant that I was so messed up that I was beyond helping myself, um, which is which is not the case. But can you please tell listeners what you've told us about counseling about if you should go or not? I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Um, I'm, I'm not sure exactly, but I always I always say that everybody should go to counseling. Is that what you're saying? she's she's told me she says i'm trying to think of your specific words it's like if you feel that you don't need to go to counseling or something or if you if you have no reason to go to counseling (laughs) you can still go to counseling or you should still go to counseling and i just think that's awesome and that does motivate people just if you are having struggles so um to thank you so much again for sharing all of these things i think Mm -hmm. it's very inspirational it's going to benefit a tremendous amount of people especially those struggling going through difficult times um i had one specific thing that i'm curious about is i feel like i don't know how many people i've been close to but a lot of people that are close to me including myself have experienced what we would consider you saying god moments could you explain maybe what you define as a god moment and before we get to that i have one tag along here and this is a mention we were talking. You were talking about the people who shamed you in the church for going to counseling. If you have, if you fall into the tendency of doing this yourself, look up agape love and pay a very close attention to the definition. That's just what I'll say. I think we mentioned it in the last episode too. So if you want to check that out, um, that's good for for Chancy Boys uh, Tangents with Chance. So check that one out if you're interested. So, but anyway. Chance's question about about God moments. Yeah, I mean that's a great question. I think God moments look different for everybody. You know, I think God moments can be these big grand gestures like I experienced in high school. I think they can be smaller moments where you know my mom, when there's a front row spot and she doesn't have to walk, says that's a God moment. And I think you know that can be true. You know that thankfulness um, for the small things. But I guess in these moments when I'm talking about God moments, it's moments that are so. Um, just obvious to me that it can't be anything but God like moments where you know that person had no idea that they were speaking to the inner depths of your soul the moments where like it is so clear what you're supposed to do and for me and maybe it's because I'm stubborn I like to think that I'm not but I probably am Um, for me it's usually when I'm at my most broken you know it's in those moments where I am so hurt and just in this like like this depths of pain that God like knocks at the door and is like Amanda hello it's me you know um so that's that's what I would consider a God moment that's wild and in my experience you can almost feel it in your body it's very very weird I don't know if you guys relate to that experience or not but that's mine 
Yeah, no, I, I was really curious what you were going to say. Uh, my relativity would be uh, extreme coincidences. So I don't like the word coincidences anymore. I like I like how you, you coined that as God moments. I love it. I love it. Um, I wanted to, Corbin, I don't know if you had a follow-up on this, but I wanted to go more to the positive side of things. I think we've seen a lot of hope in Amanda's life. I think we've seen a lot of struggles in how she's bounced back by leaning on God. Amanda, can you talk us through some of the happiness, the joy that you've felt in, say, recent times because of how God has now shaped you? Yeah, absolutely. I think every every dark moment eventually has a happy moment, and I'm very blessed that I have had those and have seen those. Um, and, and I'm very thankful... Um, for my my counselor my therapist however you want to want to say it because she helped me help me see those things a lot of it for me was validating my emotions like I talked about earlier but a lot of it was also the perspective right um there's a quote by he I don't know if he still is a preacher but he used to be he actually started southeastern christian church I think in Kentucky um but his name is Bob Russell and he he there's a quote he says you can either choose happiness you can choose to be joyful or you can choose to be miserable and I always heard that and I'm like yeah that's easy for you to say because you obviously are happy you know but learning the the gravity of that and that it really is like so at the end of the day like I could have the worst day of my life or what felt like the worst day of my life and I could go home and be like okay what what do I have to be thankful for how do I change my perspective so that I'm not just sitting in like the muck right just sitting in the bad um and so it's choosing choosing that happiness and so like for me like um, my dog was a God moment, to be honest with you, like hundred percent, like a gift from God. And so for me, when I would go home after a long day at work, I would just hug my dog because that brought me happiness. Right. And it just, it's the slow, it's a slow process and there's a lot of dark days in it, but to change this point, there's a lot of happy moments too, but it's just choosing to notice them. It's choosing to see them because then eventually it becomes more often. So like for me, um, when I was, at my job that I was just talking about when I went to counseling, um, it was very toxic. I was in a very toxic work environment. I was in a very toxic home with my roommates. So for me, getting out of that and coming to North Carolina was like a burden was lifted. And it was kind of that moment um, that I, I finally felt like I could breathe again. And I thought when I left the Power Five, I went to this new job, that's how it would be. And it wasn't. But I can look back now and realize that God was teaching me a lot of things. He's teaching me a lot of things about, one, deal with your stuff you don't deal with it, it doesn't go away promise you you can ask you can ask me I will tell you it doesn't um but two just learning learning to find joy in the blessings and and putting like for me like a really hard thing is putting myself out there um I am an introvert I like to go to work and I like to come home and I like to sit with my dog and um I made the decision okay I want a certain life I want to be happy in certain things um, I'd like to have friends so you know I forced myself to go to the dog park I forced myself to make friends and now here I am you know I know Chance because his best friend his best friend my best friend is his girlfriend probably his best friend too I don't know I'm not trying to tell him how to live his life but you know so it's just those moments of changing your perspective to look at the happy things because then the moment will come when you don't have to change your perspective like I don't have to come home from work and like be like, okay, Amanda, what are you thankful for? Because the day was so bad. Like, I can just be thankful for the life that I have. Um, 
because God has brought me out of out of a place of of a lot of things. I don't know that I answered your question. I feel like I kind of pranced around, so sorry. No, I th- I think it's absolutely brilliant. I like to to say the quality of your life is dictated by the quality of your thoughts. The quality of your yeah. thoughts is dictated by the quality of your beliefs, and I think your beliefs changed. Yes, that's really good. I've never I've never heard that, but I love that. And and, and that, that's true. You know, at the end of the day, I think everyone has a decision to especially well let me rewind rewind. I think people who grew up in a Christian household or with faith are very blessed I think that is a blessing but I think you have to everyone has to have that moment of it's not your parents faith anymore is it your faith is it what you believe and I think that is life-changing and it was you could ask 18 year old Amanda and she would have said no it's my faith you could ask 21 year old Amanda and she'd be like no it's my faith but I think it really wasn't until I really learned well all the things that I did all the things that God taught me like I knew God was real it's never a question of it but it's just very different when it is your own faith and I think that's kind of the moment to your point like that is when my belief changed like this is about Amanda and God not about Amanda's family and God yeah I'd be interested I'd be very interested to look at the timeline of that and the timeline of when you started to feel better that's uh, super interesting to me Hey, buddy. I uh, I don't know if I have any more questions. This has been wonderful. I do what I can. I've got one last one for you, Amanda. So, All right, let's hear it. You know, we've talked about your past a lot. What do you see as the purpose of your life moving forward? That is a tough one. I think, I think it changes. You know, I think when you're pursuing God, your, your, everything changes. I mean, your perspective changes, your thoughts change, you know, your outlook changes, what he wants you, like, what he wanted me to do yesterday is not the same as what he wants me to do tomorrow. But to your point, I think, um, in a lot of ways, I think I have a gift of kindness. And, um, despite everything that's gone on in my life, for the most part, I've been able to, this is going to sound bad, but to give an outwardly appearance of joy. And even no matter what was going on in my life, I was always able to be there for others and love other people. And I think um, that is probably a gift from God. That is not because I'm wonderful. Um, It is 100% a God thing. And I think that is like my underlying purpose is to like be that person, to be the person um, that people can talk to when you need something like you could have been horrible to me and not spoke to me for 10 years if you call me up and say man I got a problem I will listen I'll drop everything um, and I will give you all the kindness in the world and I think that is my mine and I think it, it it spreads to people that I don't know though too I think just by saying hi or smiling to somebody or like you know if you see somebody that looks sad like how do how do I make their day better in passing so like I've learned that people like to be complimented no matter how much they act like they don't they do so like if somebody's having a bad day I always try and like think like how can I compliment them so maybe it's just hey like your shoes are awesome or you know sometimes if I know them better and be like hey like I really appreciated how you dealt with this in the meeting I know that was difficult for you but you did a great job um things like things like that so I think that is probably a strength um and that would be I think my purpose and just finding those little moments in my everyday and making sure that I'm taking advantage and, and, you know, asking God for the courage to 
to, you know, do it. Gotcha. So you want to support and love others. I think that's wonderful. Chance, what you got, brother? Y'all mind if I say a quick prayer? I know now now I'm I'm not saying I'm more comfortable with this because God makes it uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's such a blessing to, to be able to have the ability. Let's roll, man. Is that? Go for it. All right, I'll make it real quick. Lord, thank you so much for this podcast. Lord, thank you for allowing Amanda the ability to have so much strength and so much courage, not only to to lean on you through her tough times, but to be able to speak on the podcast, Lord, that will touch so many others' lives. Um, Lord, we thank you for all of your blessings. Lord, we thank you that you are able to to allow us to market this to others so that maybe this will impact their lives one day. Um, and we just ask you to keep us safe. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, we have completed another wonderful— Oh, Chance has got a question. Yes, sir. <laughs> Amanda, we, we have to give you the opportunity. If not, it's completely okay. Do you have anything in particular that, that you would like to promote? Chance, thank you for doing that. I, I completely forgot. Um, yes. Uh, I have a dog. His name is Jack, and we have an Instagram page named Jack and Amanda Adventures. If you'd like to go give us a follow, feel free. I've kind of fallen off the face of the earth with it not being good about posting, but I promise I'll get back to it. So, a little self-promotion. Appreciate the chance. That's brilliant, and we're going to link that in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, Corbin, that's exactly what I was going to say. We're going to link it in the show notes. So, thank you. Thank you so much. Guys, let's all give a thank you to Amanda for being so open and vulnerable. I think that's the, that's the foundation of this podcast. And I just wanted to let you guys know that we will come back to you with another wonderful, exciting, crazy guest next week. And we look forward to seeing you. And until then, we love you and hope you have a wonderful week. Goodbye. If you are enjoying or benefiting from our show and you'd like to spread the love, you can do so by subscribing, downloading, and telling your friends and family about us, especially if you feel that they could benefit as well. Also, If you'd like to access our show notes, which includes any resources that we may speak about during the show, you can do so by clicking the down arrow, the details button, or the abridged paragraph, depending on the platform from which you are listening. We want to thank you for your continued support. We really appreciate it. The Peace and Purpose Podcast is a participant in the Amazon Services LLC Associates Program, an affiliate advertising program designed to provide means for creators to earn advertising commissions by advertising and linking to Amazon.com and its affiliated sites. Thank you for joining us on the Peace and Purpose Podcast. See you next week.